Hey guys, I just wanted to make a part two to why I left teaching. Um, I just felt like some things I did not say and I wanted to kind of clarify and expound on some of those things um, and just maybe some of my own personal thoughts about changes that we need to make to the educational system. But like I said, and I stand by it, I did not leave because of the kids. I left because of the adults. I left because of co-workers. I left because of judgment that I honestly experienced throughout my teaching career just because I'm 5'2", I'm blonde, I look younger than I am, and I'm very bubbly, and I understand what cap means, <laughs> and some teachers just don't think that's appropriate, and I'm like, okay, well, that's you, and this is me, boo-boo. Um, but I left because of admin and the district and it's just like, my previous school was pretty good at fostering relationships and putting emphasis on having a rapport with those kids, um, which I really, really found very refreshing. And that was amazing because my other schools we're focused more on like, is your learning objective on the board? Are these four things that we specifically asked you to have on the wall? And if they aren't on the wall, why aren't they on the wall? Sorry, I'm driving. Another car vlog. Um, I'm trying to get over and this car is like messing me up. So just things like that. I'm like, at the end of the day, that's not what's important to me. Like relationships are important. Making an impact in these kids' life, being a positive role model for them is what's important to me. The parents... Of course, you're always going to have some parents that don't like you or are like, are you old enough to be teaching my eighth grade kid? And I'm like, ma'am, I can assure you I am. I'm 29. <laughs> you know, getting questions like, oh, where's the teacher? And I'm like, hi, it's me. I'm the teacher. Just things like that all the time. In my first year of teaching, I had parents that, one in particular that I remember who's a very tall man, like literally try to intimidate me. Like, I know the dean and blah, blah, blah. I was like, sir, he was a prominent family in that um, charter school. But like still, that's so freaking inappropriate and so uncalled for. And just people think you can, they can push me around just because of how I look. And, you know, I'm 5'2". He was easily like 6'6" like such a tall man. And I look back and I'm like, that was inappropriate. That wasn't the way it should have been handled. I don't care how much money you have, whatever. And you call yourself a Christian and you're acting like this. Really? That's interesting to me. Some contradictions there anyway, but sometimes the parents, I didn't agree with, um, their parenting styles. And of course that's not my kid. But a lot of parents these days, from what I've seen, want to be their kid's friend. And that's not how, mm -mm, no, I'm not my, your friend. <laughs> nope. Once my kid is 18, then okay, our relationship's going to change a little bit. You're not a kid anymore. You're going off to college or trade school or junior college, military, whatever. But I'm not your friend. And a lot of parents, they're trying to be the friend. They have a very laissez-faire, hands-off parenting style. They're not monitoring their child's social media use. And like kids, I think the average age, um, which is very disturbing, that kids see porn is, I think, nine now, which is terrifying. Don't quote me on that. But regardless, it's an elementary school age, like 
prior to middle school, most children have been exposed to porn in one way or another. And that is so freaking disturbing and so sad. And it's because parents are not actively in their kids' lives. And it's sad because a lot of parents I spoke with or tried to communicate with and I some parents I didn't hear from the whole school year and of course there are some reasons for that some valid reasons for that um but it's like if you're that busy you can't respond to an email or a text message that I'm concerned about your son or concerned about your daughter like something's got to give you know your child should be coming first you know what I'm saying and a lot of the parents that I worked with are single parents and you know, that's a, obviously a very difficult dynamic to say the least. So I try to be gracious and understanding and reach out multiple times, which I always done. I'm very big on communication. <laughs> and I know some parents got annoyed. They're like, she sends an email every week. But I'm like, I'd rather that than be like, what's going on in Miss Dowden's class? Like, what's, what's happening? You know, I'd rather be open and transparent, like overshare than not share enough. So sadly, a lot of parents are just not actively involved in their child's life, whether that is on purpose or just because they're working two jobs, they're a single parent. It's hard, you know, and some of the parents I've spoken with, they're like, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm really trying. You can really tell, like, they are making that attempt. They do put in that effort. But unfortunately, there are parents, on the other hand, that are not trying to make that effort and are not being intentional about their kid and it just makes me so sad because <sighs> I'm like kids want a role model kids want that adult figure in their life yeah they're gonna give you attitude yeah they're gonna give you sass yeah it's gonna be a lot of work yeah you're gonna be tired but you have a child like it's not about you anymore um and of course I'm not saying every parent struggles with that I'm not out saying oh every parent that's busy doesn't care about their kid that's not what I'm saying but some parents put in an effort and some don't. That's just the way it is. And so that's why I took it very, very seriously for me to be intentional with these kids, to try to be a positive role model in their life and buy them Sonic drinks, even though I got heat from teachers about that, or let them take a minute in the hallway or take a bathroom break and recalibrate, you know? Or if they're having a bad mental health day, like I had a student who came back from um, a hospital visit, I honestly, I'm not gonna be like, you need to do your work, no, I'm sorry, that's just not how I am. This child just got back from uh, inpatient stuff for mental health. Like, and she has a rough home life, and no, I'm not gonna force her to do English language arts work right now. And some teachers would disagree with that. I don't really care, respectfully. Because to me, the child's mental health comes first, their emotional health, obviously physical, like hoping that they're safe and secure. And if a child doesn't feel safe and secure in your classroom, then they're not going to perform the best that they can. That's just a fact. Um, so I really took it upon myself to let the kids know, like, hey, it's a safe space, regardless of your religion, your gender. Really, sir? It's always trucks. Your sexuality... Um, your political views, whatever, like, and I always tried to be neutral. I always was neutral, really. They would ask me questions. I'd be like, nope. The kids that are observant <laughs> or maybe it was a one-on-one -on -one conversation after school or something would ask me, you know, I had a few kids like, are you, do you believe in God or are you Christian? I was like, yeah, I am. But you know, I 
love learning new perspectives and talking to new people and I want everyone to feel safe. Like I would say something like that because it's true. Like I'm going to be honest with them because a lot of kids notice like, oh, you wear a cross necklace. And I'm like, yeah, context clues. There you go. So anyway, um, the kids, I have noticed after the pandemic and a lot of teachers have noticed this, like are not interested. <laughs> they are not engaged. They, so many kids have ADHD or ADD these days and it's just hard for them to focus. Social media is ruining children. Social media is ruining a lot of people if you don't keep it in check. But a lot of kids these days just aren't engaged in the material. They're like, why do I have to learn this? This doesn't matter. With English, I wouldn't get that as much, but some stuff in math, they're like, I'm never going to use this. And I was like, honestly, yeah, I've, you're not going to use the Pythagorean theorem. Like, I'm just telling you straight up. The math teacher might hate me for that, but I was like, you don't, you're not going to use this. Like, maybe in college for, you know, a semester or a section of a chapter of a book, whatever. But English, I wouldn't get a lot of blowback on because I would make sure to apply it to real life or, you know, when we went over similes and metaphors, talk about song lyrics, like listen to song lyrics from like Katy Perry and like Charlie XCX and like current day musicians um, that use similes and metaphors and I would apply it to real life. Because I know a lot of kids like, I'm never going to use this. And I'm like, most things in English you will be using on a daily basis. Regardless of whatever career you go into, you just don't realize it. So I made sure to make that a strong foundation. But a lot of kids these days are just not engaged. And that's, you know, COVID, the pandemic was traumatic. Um, a lot of the younger kiddos, like kindergarten, they are like going to school for the first time and like learning how to socialize and be around different people. And it's just so odd, so strange. But while the kids are difficult, it's like, that's not why I left. I left because of the adults. I left because of the admin. I left because of some parents are just really mean, honestly. And parents don't understand how many things teachers do. They're like, oh, you just sit down. No, we are a nurse. We are a counselor. I've had deep conversations with kids that honestly, they're like, I don't want to talk to my mom or my dad about this. And, let, and I wouldn't share stuff if they were in danger or someone else was in danger or I was worried about them like self-harming or something then oh okay yeah like legally I have to tell the counselor and I have done that several times and the kid might be mad but I'm like I do not care like I care more about your well-being than you being mad at me so and legally that we have to report that and I'm just so concerned for that kid oh it just breaks my heart um or if I notice like marks on a child like I will report that immediately to the counselor. Like, I will send an email so fast. Depending on the situation, sometimes I might tell the kids, sometimes I might not. Um, like, hey, I reported you. Because the counselor won't be like, Miss Dowden said that. She might be like, one of your teachers, you know. Um, I, I, I don't know. I'm just speculating on that. But I would hope they wouldn't just disclose. I don't know. Who knows? But, um stuff like that like some kid you know I need to report that stuff like physical issues concerns that I have if child's not eating or they're looking really skinny and like teachers have to keep an eye open for that and it's a lot we have I had 88 children 88 students last year so keeping an eye on 88 kids like physical health mental health it's a lot 
and then you need to teach the material, obviously, and you need to put up adequate boundaries. And I really struggled with that my first year of teaching. Like, I was horrible at that. I was way too nice, way too much of a friend. And my brother's around, was around their age, so I was like, you know, just kind of fell into that. Uh, my brother's like 20 years old now, which is, you know, again, around the same age as my first year kids, like my first year students. They just graduated high school, which is literally terrifying. But um, anywho, so yeah, we have a lot of tough conversations. Like we have responsibilities before school, after school. We have to grade papers and yeah, we sign up for that. But at the same time, we're a counselor, we're a parent, we're a therapist. Like we're so many things, we wear so many hats and a lot of parents don't have that perspective because they're not in the school like if you truly saw everything that a teacher did you would be like I'm exhausted that's why teachers are so tired because we're doing five bajillion things at once um there's not a work-life balance because even after school you might have sports you might be a coach you might have to grade papers um if you, maybe your prep period you don't have time to prep because you have an ARD or you're on duty or you're covering a class which happened so many times last year like I didn't have time to prep or grade or anything, so I was covering teachers' classroom because so many teachers were sick with COVID or you're just short on teachers, period. So teaching is definitely a calling and you really have to love working with kids and I really do. I really miss those kids. Like middle school was like my jam. Um, but I didn't leave because of the kids and I really pray that our educational system makes some improvements. Like. We really need to, I just kind of want to burn it to the ground. I mean, not me personally, but I wish it would just burn to the ground and just start all over because we've lost focus. Like it's all about star because that brings in money for the state and schools and all of that. Um, I believe parents should be able to choose where their child goes to school, whether that's public, private, whatever. I just think a lot of people that are higher up or admin or work for the state it's been years since they've been in the classroom if they've even been in a classroom you know and it's all about money and it just makes me so frustrated because these teachers majority of them truly care about these students and really love these kids because it's a calling like I said like teachers are some of the most hard-working selfless people I've ever met honestly um of course, I have a soft spot for first responders as well. I love first responders in the military. And um, yeah, you know, just those public servant jobs, man. Woo, it's tough. And I mean, we're shaping the next generation. Like America, sadly, doesn't focus on education as much as we should. Like we need to put more funds into that, more money into that, like other countries are. And I don't know what it's going to take. We also have school shootings and safety issues, safety concerns. And I know a lot of teachers left because they are terrified of that. Um, and I've had lockdowns as well. I've experienced one. I, there was an issue in the area and I was like, oh crap. Like I really have to be on. My that was scary for me. Um, just something nearby happened and we were on lockdown and... That was several years ago, but still, like, the fact that it was just so scary. And in that moment, I'm, 
I was like, hey, if something happens, like, I'm fighting. Like, I know I will die, and I'll probably get shot, but, like, it's my job. Like, I'm here to serve these kids and teach these kids, and I'm here to protect them. And at the time, I was teaching seventh grade, and no teacher should have to think about that. Like, uh, I already knew how to apply to tourniquet because I was an EMT, but now we're teaching teachers to apply tourniquets. Like, that is terrifying. Why are we having to do that in America? That is just so many levels of wrong. Ugh, I could go on and on about that. But I really, really pray that we make a change. I think we, we need new leaders. We need people who understand how important it is for mental and physical safety. <laughs> um, it just makes me very frustrated. And I... I know a lot of teachers who have left do feel guilty, and I do feel guilty because I know that I'm one of the teachers who really does care. I really put my all into teaching, and I really, I try to be the best teacher that I could, and maybe one day I'll return, but I don't know. We'll see what God has in store for me, but still trying to figure out my career path. I've been applying for jobs, haven't heard anything back yet. So just pray for me. If you have any suggestions, let me know. I'm not looking to going back into the classroom right now. Not really interested in ed tech or admin. But um, yeah, so if you're a former student listening to this, I love you. You're awesome. I'm always here for you. Um, always. So thanks for listening. And I appreciate every listen. I'm still trying to debate if I want to keep this podcast up or not. I don't know. I'm thinking early 2023, I might close it down and close this chapter. So we'll see. But thanks for listening. Every listen helps fund my nonprofit, Jeremiah 15, and we help disadvantaged and marginalized communities in the DFW Metroplex. We do homeless outreaches. We're starting foster care mentorship starting December 1st. I'm so excited. Um, we are, what else are we doing? Oh, nursing home outreaches. We're starting that on a monthly basis. I'm pumped. I'm hoping that starts in probably December or maybe even January. And just want to do inner city outreaches, veteran outreaches. I have a lot of goals and I'm excited to see where God has us or takes us, you know. But anyway, talk to y'all later. Bye.